Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by my co-host and my Bears brother, Brandon Hazlett. And obviously, we're breaking down this game, Bears-Dolphins, 31-28. We all know what happened, and we're doing this a little at an unconventional time. It's 9.30 right now, and obviously, as some of our listeners know, Brandon, Will, and I went to Miami to go watch this game. But Brandon, how you doing, man, and how was, how was your trip in Miami? Miami was great. It was nice being able to wake up, uh, you know, to 80 degree weather for two straight days there because I uh, came home and I could see my breath. So uh, Will's still in Miami, so I hope he's soaking it all up because it's cold when he gets back. Yeah, it definitely is cold. But I realized that there's no way in hell I could live in Miami because <laughs> we were talking about that while we were sitting in our yeah. seats. We would rather be at a cold game, have it snow, than be in that humid, hot weather. It, lucky we had like a a roofing uh, uh, right above us because had the sun been glaring down on us like it was was for some fans on the left side of the stadium. Oh my goodness, that would have been awful. Speaking of awful, we'd noticed on the sideline in the game the guys that are holding up like the the tarp thing, keeping the guys shaded. Those guys major like caps off to them like i don't like that's impressive like oh, yeah. i'd be really freaking tired by the end of the day no i mean if we were sitting in that section where the sun was at i would want my own personal guys having a little right here something <laughs> right above us because that would be brutal sitting there yeah and um but the trip to miami i mean it was it was really fun uh i got to meet up with my friend who actually actually orchestrated this almost entire event for 30 of our fans to come and meet us and it was funny if nobody uh, was watching my my Twitter page on the night that I went to Joe's Snow Crab and it's just a restaurant downtown uh, South Beach. And it was funny because there's a bunch of Bears fans there. And as this group of Bears fans was leaving uh, the restaurant, one of them says bear down. And then someone says bear down Chicago Bears. So the fight song starts breaking out of nowhere. There's a lot of Bears fans there in Miami, so I, obviously Bears fans do travel well, but it was just a great time overall. Obviously, we wish the outcome was a little different, but you, what can you do? I mean, it was a great time seeing you, Brandon, Will, and just all hanging out with all the Bears fans. We got to meet so many fans of the podcast, take pictures with them, so it, it was a great time. Yes, and I'd much rather lose by three in the last three seconds than go down there and get blown out, so it was still a good time overall. 
Yeah, it, it was. So let's just get let's just get started with this, and we'll start it like every other post game show, and start with the fourth first quarter. We're already going the fourth. Start with the first <laughs> quarter, and since Will is not here, and to explain, he like Brandon said, he is still in Miami, and he would be on this podcast, but the internet at his Airbnb is not the best, so he chose to sit this one out and perfectly fine, enjoy Miami's, having a little family vacation, so he deserves it, but. For Will's monster moment, I'm actually going to take it a little bit of a different route here, and I'm going to go with the Albert Wilson touchdown that came after the Bears scored that touchdown to Anthony Miller because the Bears obviously take the lead 28-21 at that moment right after Anthony Miller scores, and then after the kickoff, one play, 75 yards, Albert Wilson is just going down the sideline, breaking tackles because the Bears, oh man, they just did not know how to tackle in yesterday's game. But to me, that was a big moment in the game because there was about three minutes in one second when that play started and one play, 75 yards, was the, the game is tied. The Bears didn't have any opportunity to play any kind of defense because one play and it was over with. It was a tie game and we all know it went to overtime and we all know what happened there. So I'm going to take that as the monster moment of the game that Albert Wilson touched down after the Bears uh take that 28 to 21 lead but Brandon do you have a stat for the game I do have a stat for the game and I'm gonna go with three because the number of touchdowns that Mitch Trubisky's thrown and that's also uh, the second straight game that he's thrown for more than two and prior to this uh, prior to the Tampa game uh, he didn't have a game where he threw more than one so to see him throw uh, two games back to back here Tampa Bay obviously he had six and then against Miami he had three uh, it's nice to see him be able to uh, see that statistic climbing. Uh, that's something that we've all been kind of waiting for. And I said, you know, just be patient with it. Pump the brakes on the on the hot takes. You know, just just wait it out. He will turn into this this quarterback that we kind of, you know, we're expecting to see. And sure enough, we've had back-to-back games now where he's thrown for multiple touchdowns. So uh, stat of the game is Mitch Trubisky's growth in throwing uh, three touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's great to see Mitch Trubisky, you know, improving, still showing progression. I actually have an article coming out tomorrow about that. And I'll give you my knock of the game because with the loss, usually the knocks come. And it's just going to go with that defense overall. It just really wasn't what we were expecting coming into this game against Miami, playing, well, right before the game started, Brock Osweiler starting, playing against a battered offensive line. There was no pressure. Just watching from our vantage point, where we were at in towards the middle corner of the end zone, uh, there was just no pressure. It was like the the defensive line was just playing patty cake with, with the offensive line. There was no getting to Brock Osweiler. He had time to throw. Obviously, there were very quick passes, but the defense just didn't show up today, and that's really disappointing. And also the tackling goes along with that. These screen passes, these short, quick passes to the flats end up going and being big gains for this Dolphins offense, which, again, wasn't something that Bears fans – a lot of experts, you know, us were expecting to happen against a Dolphins team that was, you know, injured. But that's going to be the knock of the game. Just the defense not coming up to play, just not showing up here in Miami, which was very unfortunate. And also a part of this first quarter, we give out our MVBs. So, Brandon, do you want to give out your MVB? It's probably on the fly, but do you have an MVB for this one? Kyle Fuller had the two interceptions in this game. I think he's very well deserving of that. Uh, didn't have any almost interceptions, as I pointed out to you during the game. So that was that was nice to see him be able to, to reel in those two very nice interceptions. And when the defense was able to force Brock Osweiler to take it downfield, that's exactly what happened throughout the entirety of the game. He couldn't complete anything downfield, and Kyle Fuller had two of those picks. So MVB goes to Kyle Fuller for the two interceptions. 
Yeah, right after Kyle Fuller got that second interception, Trubisky threw a touchdown pass to Allen Robinson, so they capitalized on the turnover. So that's exactly what you want to see from the turnovers uh, from the Bears that they did have. And my MVP, you know, I'll go with Mitch Trubisky. I thought he had a hell of a game, honestly. I know he had a really bad first half. It, it was mediocre. There weren't a lot of positives from it. The offense in general didn't do much of anything. I think I believe they were shut out 7-0 going into halftime. Yes. And then they started to turn around in that second uh, second half there. Mitch Trubisky was making some nice throws, making some nice reads, got the deep ball going to uh, Taylor Gabriel, which was fantastic to see. We're looking at that ball just traveling the air from our vantage point, and you're thinking this is gonna this has a shot, and it just ends up going right into Gabriel's hands, which is really nice to see. So I'll give my MVB to Mitch Trubisky. And speaking of Mitch Trubisky, we'll go into our second quarter of our show and where we talk about the offense and we'll just continue the conversation on Trubisky. Um, This offense obviously did not come out and start the game hot, which was disappointing to see. And in that first drive of the game, we see Mitch Trubisky miss a wide open Anthony Miller. This is a big, this could have been the fourth time the bears started an opening drive with a touchdown had, had he hit Anthony Miller in stride. There's no doubt in my mind. I think he can take that for six. So we saw him miss that. And then we see a couple of other times where he's making these uh, across the field throws to maybe uh, Tariq Cohen. One ended up being completed. One was nearly an interception. But overall, I think Mitch Trubisky had a really good game. You see that touchdown pass I alluded to earlier to Allen Robinson, which was on that skinny post. And actually, that's a throw that he missed earlier in the year to the against the Arizona Cardinals in week three where Trubisky threw it behind him, but this time it was right on the money. And you see that Mitch Trubisky slowly making the progression. And it's not only in the air, but also on the ground where he's just able to run the ball effectively. Maybe is taking the, instead of giving the ball off to Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, he's just taking and running himself. So Mitch Trubisky showed progressions. Yes, he had that red zone interception. He's going to learn from that. Rookies are going to make mistakes. He's going to learn not to throw across his body because that will lead to bad things. But overall, I thought Mitch Trubisky played really well. Three touchdown passes. Um, You can't really – he put the team in positions to win, and you can't ask for more than that. What's your take on Mitch Trubisky from yesterday's game, Brandon? I like the aggressiveness that he came out with. That first pass of the game uh, when he threw it into triple coverage and just missed Allen Robinson, like that ball was only where Allen Robinson was going to catch it. So I thought that showed a lot of moxie. Uh, a lot of cojones, I guess, uh, to start the game, which I thought was a, a good sign. And I thought that's how the, the rest of the game was going to go, was just being able to see the aggressiveness uh, from him. And that should throw out that first drive uh, because he was long on every pass he had on that drive. Uh, you mentioned the one, the Anthony Miller. That's the other one that stands out. But outside of that, I mean, there's, uh, I think it was somewhat of the play calling. I think that might have installed maybe a little too much again. Uh, it seemed like Trubisky just wasn't really comfortable because when we looked up the stat, uh, line at one point in the game, Trubisky was 13 to 34, and we didn't even realize he threw three or four passes in the game to that point. Uh, so it just kind of goes to show you that I think that he might have still been a little bit overwhelmed and tried to do a little too much in that first half. And that's why they weren't able to capitalize on any other their opportunities that they had because when the passes were completed uh, to guys in space, they were trying to do too much, go too much east and west instead of north and south. So I think if they would have simplified the playbook, uh, I mean, even with the bye week, I understand you have the extra week to be able to install some extra plays. Uh, but at the same time, he just does a whole lot better when he's when he's comfortable and he's 
done things repeatedly. I mean, as anybody does. Those deep passes to Gabriel uh, later in the game, as we've seen, I think those were just comfort things that he's done throughout practice. We've seen it in training camp from time to time. So those are things that he's capable of doing. He's had the repetition of, now we're just putting it into the game finally. And I think there was just a little too much on his plate uh, there in the first half. But I think once they simplified things and took shots downfield, I mean, the offense really opened up. So I, I really like the aggressiveness that he brought. Yeah, and I agree. And Brandon, it's funny because I know we saw that on the big screen where it was like Trubisky was 10 of 33 or for whatever that stat was, right. but he finished 22 of 31. So I think that was an error on that screen because that just that, didn't seem right. It wasn't right. There was, that, there was just something weird with that video board because one of, they had a roughing the passer and they called roughing the kicker like on the video board. So I think there was something up with that. But yeah, without really looking at his stat line, uh, you know, until just now, I thought that was that was the one thing that came to my mind. So yeah, no, I mean that video board was weird. I wonder how else they skewed this this game. Maybe not just <laughs> right. kidding, but yeah. So Mitch Trubisky overall had a great game. We both agree. So let's move on to the running backs who each and it's bad that we we remember this. They each had a fumble in this game, which really. Uh, put a damper on on the day for both of these backs. Um, Jordan Howard was at the two yard line at in the second quarter when the Bears uh, they hit. It was first started off by that long pass to Taylor Gabriel, and the Bears are right there. And you think Mitch uh, Jordan Howard is just going to run right in, and he ends up running into Trey Burden, fumble, and then yeah, so the Bears don't get any points yeah. before the half. Taylor Gabriel was utilized very effectively in the passing game. And that's exactly where, you know, we expected him to be utilized. Just a guy that you can get out in space a lot like how the Dolphins use their quick, uh, speedy receivers. But Taylor or Tariq Cohen, again, uh, you just got to be able to hang on to that football. Obviously, being a smaller guy, there's going to be these big guys coming out to lay him out. And you just got to be able to hang on to the football. So the running backs, you know, overall, you want to see Jordan Howard utilize a little more i feel like matt Nagy now five games into his bears head coaching career is still trying to figure it out because we we're not seeing enough of jordan howard and i just don't think that when he's getting the ball that the blocking's really as well as it should be and again that goes both ways jordan howard is maybe missing some reads but the offensive line overall i think when he gets the ball there's just not as many holes i know towards the end of the game in overtime they were making some good blocks for him maybe springing free but Overall, I'm just not seeing a lot of good blocking when Jordan Howard's in the game. Do you feel differently about that? Or what, what's your take on two running backs? And also Benning Cunningham was in there for a couple plays, but mostly it was uh, Howard and Cohen. Yeah, Benny was in there, and especially at some, some times where we thought that Howard would get the ball. So we didn't know. I mean, I think the three of us were kind of looking at each other like, this should be a situation where we have Howard in instead of Benny. Uh, but regardless, Benny got in there, and he did a, a solid job, did what he was asked to do. Uh, regarding the fumbles, especially looking at Howard, I mean, you could tell he was really disappointed by it. I mean, he didn't get up. He knew he put his hands on his helmet, like, dang it, you know. And fumbles happen. It's just that was a very, I guess there's really no good time to have a fumble, but when you talk about a really big missed opportunity in this game, that's one that I really look at. Uh, and we didn't see him much for the game after that until he got into overtime. And then we've seen that Jordan Howard looks like he could puts up 1,000 yards. Uh, you know, has a nine yard run in there, has an eight yard run in there, has, you know, five, six yard runs uh, scrambled in there as well in overtime. Uh, and that's the Jordan Howard that I think uh, needs to be utilized later in games. Uh, because by that point, I mean, the offense, they came out and scored 21 quick points right out of halftime. Uh, the defense was on their heels. That was a point where I think they should have stressed running Jordan Howard a little bit more, not necessarily to be conservative, uh, but just to try and get him going. And then it's going to open up the playbook for other things. 
and that could have opened up the play for you know another deep pass to Taylor Gabriel because after the one that you mentioned earlier, we didn't see very many deep passes at all, and that's. I mean, I don't know what that's accredited to. Maybe they're just prepared for him. Then you got to bring the defense back in with a couple other runs. And I think that's the point where you have to use Jordan Howard. Uh, regarding Tariq Cohen's fumble, uh, I kind of had to chuckle a little bit because he put on Twitter, you know, blame me for the loss, you know, bring it on. And I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not on solely Tariq Cohen. So I just want to throw that one out there that there's no need to place blame on on him. Uh, but overall, he had a very good game. Just get got in space and was able to to do some special things. But one thing he really needs to work on, and we said this last year, he just tries to create too many big plays. Uh, he tried to do way more going east and west in the first half than he did going north and south. And once the Bears figured out you have to go north and south to score, they put up 21 points. So regarding the whole offense, I guess that's, you know, go north and south. Yeah, and you made a great point there because on that fourth down and one play, that's where we saw Tariq Cohen make too yep. many moves, just hit the hole, go upfield, convert on that play but obviously the bears didn't do that and then the dolphins you know recover and or turnover on downs there so that's that is a good point there but overall i think i'm impressed with Tariq cohen did just got to be secure with the football and make decisive uh cuts just to move up field but overall i think he did well and moving on to the pass catchers for yesterday's game a guy that stood out to me, and he's really been making good plays all season. And I didn't really expect it early on. Is Allen Robinson, and even though this play won't go on the stat sheet for Robinson, it was a one-on-one to the left side with Mika Fitzpatrick, and this was coming. When was it? I think believe in the second half where Trubisky just throws a you know a deep ball to him, and he's one-on-one with a rookie DB, Mika Fitzpatrick, a good good player, but he ends up getting a pass interference call on that play. And, you know, that obviously doesn't go on the statue, but that shows you what Allen Robinson can bring. And obviously he did score that touchdown and he made a hell of a catch on, on the side, the left sideline. And I remember Brandon, I was talking to you right when it, after it happened, I'm thinking that ball's just going out of bounds. I don't think Robinson can even catch that ball, but it ended up being perfect. His strong hands hits the ground. He's able to, you know, just caress the ball and, you know, make a really good catch. But Allen Robinson impressed me. Were there some guys that in particular impressed you? Are there any other receivers that you want to talk about? I just want to say that I had Allen Robinson as my X factor for a reason. Because once he got going, we seen he really got going. Uh, but Taylor Gary was the other guy. I mean, he was just beating his guys downfield, which, I mean, we know that he could do. But then the fact that Trubisky is able to hit him, uh, that's big. And they can be able to continue to do that throughout the entirety of the year. I mean, the rest of this year, I mean, this offense is really, really going to open up. We're going to see a lot of other things open up that we may not have seen because now the defenses know Trubisky can hit Taylor Gabriel deep. So while it may not have, I mean, it was big in this game, but it's going to play much bigger dividends down the road than just in the uh, overtime loss in this one. We're going to see the defense have to be able to defend literally everything because now they know Trubisky can hit that pass. So that that speaks volumes to me as far as Gabriel speed. And we know he could do it just a matter of seeing it now. Exactly. And I think also just adding Anthony Miller in the equation, obviously he's coming back from that shoulder injury, but once he gets more involved in this offense, creates more mismatches, he's a great route runner. And he also scored in yesterday's game. But other, if you take away Gabriel, Robinson and Miller, which obviously is not the easiest thing to do. Three good receivers there, but the production really drops off for those receivers. We we saw Kevin White lined up on there. We were jokingly saying, "Don't fade to Kevin White one on one. He he's gonna go up and catch it." <laughs> and then there was Josh Bellamy in there as well. But those two guys really haven't been a factor. Um, 
they're just not seeing a lot of production. And I wonder, does that concern you at all that, let's say, Anthony Miller does miss more time because that shoulder, an injury happens? Are you confident with the guys that can step up? Um, yes. As I say, you know, <laughs> not assuringly. Um, I have a lot more faith in Josh Bellamy because we've seen it. Yeah, uh, I was disappointed in his blocking effort in the one screen to Taylor Gabriel. Uh, and I think that was the only play that I seen him out there. So that was kind of a disappointment that he couldn't capitalize on his, on his game time. Uh, but I, if I'm going to pick a guy, I'm going to say Josh Bellamy, just because we still have to see that game time production from Kevin. White. I think Matt Nagy feels the same way. And it's hard when you don't get targeted. Uh, but like we pointed out in one of the, one of the routes, he ran a slant. I think Nick, you pointed out to me that he ran a slant and he just kind of made his cut and then quit on the route. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's got to be able to show more on the field other than a, uh, other than a half-assed, I was trying to find a different <laughs> word, uh, you know, route to run there. So, I mean, he's got to be able to show that he wants to be out there as well. He's a good blocker. He, we've seen that, but he needs to be able to run good routes to get himself open, and then he'll be able to get the ball a little bit more. So. No, I agree there. And we'll, we'll just talk about Trey Burton real quick because that was really the only tight end that was actually utilized. I know on the interception that Trubisky threw, he's actually targeting Ben Bron. I think it was. Ben Broniker on that Broniker, throw, yeah. and we all know how that turned out. But Trey Burton, he's being uh, utilized more and more each week. Uh, I think this was about um, the same as last week. He ended up with four receptions, 23 yards, so a little bit less, but he still ended up scoring on that shovel pass. The Bears love uh, utilizing Burton and that shovel pass, and more times than not, it worked. They used it for the touchdown. They used it to convert on a third down and one, I believe, just a little yep. shovel pass to utilize Burton there. Um, do you have any more on the tight ends? I'm really looking forward to Adam Shaheen coming back. Same. Yes. I think the bears are really missing him because we saw Deion Sims out there and you already know he's not getting the ball. He's just kind <laughs> right. of out. He plays tight end. He fills that position and that's about it. But I think the bears are really missing Adam Shaheen. I think he can report earliest as week seven or week eight. So, it's, so. we're, we're coming up on that. So hopefully, um, the Bears can manage without him for a little bit longer until he makes his return. But let's talk about this offensive line here, Brandon. Um, this is a they unit lost. they lost. They definitely did. <laughs> they kept Mitch, Mitch Trubisky upright for the most part. Um, I will say that, but trying to spring, you know, these running backs open for, for running lanes. And obviously Cohen had a very nice run to score the touchdown. But other than that, it just didn't seem like it, there was a lot of push. They were they were really losing the point of attack, especially early on. That's why there was a lot of no, um, no offensive movement, I guess, going north and south because guys are trying to go east and west, trying to make moves because the offensive line is losing the point of attack right away. And there's one play that stands out to me where uh, Trubisky fakes it to the running back and then turns his back to the the routes being run and fakes a a reverse end around or something or another like that. He has his back to the play at one point in this one uh, early in the first quarter. And I mean, I, I was worried at that point because I'm like, he doesn't know what's coming to him uh, because these dolphins like to run a lot of stunt moves and I wouldn't be putting my back unless I'm from under center uh, in that situation because the defensive line definitely won that first half for the dolphins. Uh, absolutely. No doubt about it. There was no running game, uh, very little, I don't. I mean, Mitch at some points was creating pressure for himself by scrambling out of the pocket, not getting rid of the ball. 
but at the same time, the offensive line has to be able to win the point of attack as a unit, and that's what we've seen in the second half when they were able to put up all those points. Uh, they came out firing and ready to go, but in the first half, I mean, they were they were slow getting out of the gate. Yeah, I, I completely agree, um, and we saw James Daniels in there, and I don't think that really made too much of a difference overall for the offensive line. Just wasn't their best performance. He was solid, yeah. It wasn't the best performance by the unit overall, and um, right. there were times where the tackles were just beat off the line of scrimmage, and Mitch Trubisky either has to throw the ball really quick or you know take a sack. And the Bears, the Dolphins front seven had more sacks than the Bears front seven, and I think that's a good segue in going into the third quarter and talking about this defense. And I don't know even know if it's worth breaking down each position because. What what ended up happening there in Miami was just it was astonishing. It just seemed like there was no pa- the pass rush was non-existent, which was crazy to see against like we were saying a battered offensive line for the Miami Dolphins, and everyone was expecting the Bears to just have their way with it. But no, when you, once they took Cleo Mack out of the equation, and he had a some kind of ankle injury, and I think Ian Rappaport tweeted earlier today that that injury would have supposedly kept out most players out of the league and just they would have been on the sideline. Take that what you take that with you know a grain of salt. I, I just don't think that um you put that on Mac and then the rest of the defense doesn't for some reason elevate their play because if Mac can't get right. going, someone else needs to step up. It's just not because Mac is not going, I don't I can't generate pass rush. Well that's the terrible mindset, but that's what it seemed like it was <laughs> yesterday. Keem Hicks didn't have his normal game. Leonard Floyd the best thing he did, it wasn't even a good thing. It was just a fun play. <laughs> it was a penalty, but it was, it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, that ended up making, I think, the I think it was Sun-Times with Tribune. It was just a, cover, a picture of Roquan. It's Roquan Smith and Leonard Floyd, Georgia Bulldogs, just slamming Danny Amendola uh, just on his neck, basically. And <laughs> look, not a good play because it was a 15-yard penalty, but... It was kind of cool to see. I'm not going to lie. That, you don't see a lot of people <laughs> get flipped like that. And I think the the Dolphins did end up scoring on that drive. So end up hurting the Bears. It wasn't good. Just kind of cool to see, in my opinion. But, I mean, what what are your takeaways from this defense? Why I, I don't know why it ended up being, but, you know, just take it away, Brandon. I, it was just astonishing to see, honestly. First of all, the Floyd thing should have been the monster moment of the game. True. Um, <laughs> Second of all, later in the game, I noticed that that Osweiler was only making one or two reads. If his first hot route wasn't there, he's throwing it into the flat. Or if it's a designated screen pass, he's only going to that guy. I don't think I didn't see him make more than two reads. I think throughout the entirety of the game, and those two interceptions he threw, uh, there was a string of a, a bad series, I guess, for Osweiler, where he threw the one inter- first interception, Kyle Fuller. Next drive, he comes out there. It's a bootleg right, and everyone is covered downfield. He doesn't have an open guy in the flat. He's not going to throw across his body because that's a lot more work for him to do than Mr. Bisky being 6'8 or 7'0, whatever he is. <laughs> uh, so he throws that one out of bounds. And then the second interception of Kyle Fuller, I mean, all those were plays where he had to go downfield, and he couldn't do it. Uh, and the Bears just failed to adjust to be able to put guys into the flat. And there was the, the Albert Wilson touchdown. You pointed out before that play, oh, they took out Bryce Callahan. That's a dumb move. And it proved to be that way. Uh, so, I mean, they just really failed to adjust to get guys into the flat. And there were a couple times where I'm watching Cleo Mack. He takes one or two steps in to go get to the pass rusher or get to the quarterback, Osweiler. And he's immediately running out to the flat because he recognizes the play. But 
because the assignment is to go rush, he has to really go do that. But I think if they would have made an adjustment to put either Floyd or Mac out in the flat where the running back was at or where there's a potential screen, I think that really eliminates his options and it makes Osweiler have to think a little bit more. And there's just a, a failed adjustment, a lot of missed tackles. I mean, it's not just a, a failed adjustment thing. A lot of missed missed tackles, which I said in the preview show, these guys are quick. I didn't realize they were so slippery, but they have to be able to complete these open field tackles and they just couldn't do it in this one. Yeah, it's like the the receivers for the Dolphins were just all greased up and the Bears just didn't have any chance of uh, catching them. But you made a good point about Osweiler because I think Pro Football Focus came out with a statistic where uh, out of his 380 yards, only 100 of them were from him throwing. The 280, the, the rest of the 280 yards were just his receivers oh, making yeah, plays. That. Because like you said, it was at the line of scrimmage. He was going east and west with his throws. They were short passes. Nothing was, if he did throw deep, intercepted. Or if there was even th- something over 10 yards, Kyle Fuller picked that off too. So it's yep. not like Osweiler, Osweiler did not have a great game. Yes, he he threw 28 for 44. Statistically, he did. If you, you watch that game, he did not have a very good game at all. No, I think you can ask any quarterback to throw these five-yard passes and then have your receivers do what they did. Yeah, anybody can do that. But the Bears, it's and I also mentioned this to you just because, you know, Brandon, you were sitting there. We were just talking football the entire time. But it was like, how does Vic Fangio not adjust to this? We've seen it in the past, even this year, where when teams hurried up, make these short passes that will do damage to this Bears defense. I just don't get like that seems such like a simplistic type of offense. Quick passes. you, You take away the pass rush. We'll adjust play up. Take your outside linebackers, put them into coverage. I don't think it's that difficult, but for some reason, Vic Fangio has not figured it out. And I think it would be wrong of us to not also mention, and this is this is bad, but I think the weather also had to have played some kind of factor because you saw oh, these yeah. Bears defenders. They look gassed. And it's, by the end of the game, they were definitely. You saw Akeem more. Hicks sometimes. He was just laying, like after plays were over with, he was just on the ground, just, you know, grasping for breath. And okay, every team's going to have to face different weather elements, but I just don't think the Bears were, were ready for it. I know I wasn't ready for it. I was sitting in the stands. So um, the team's got to adjust, and the Bears' defense obviously didn't. Um, I, I just don't know what else to say about this. I think it was just – really. Go ahead. I was actually – I'll take this a, a different way, I guess. Um, Eddie Jackson had a good day, but he also had a bad day. And Amos, my guy – who's been real quiet all year, really did not have a good day. He needs to learn how to wrap up. Uh, I love seeing these big hits. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Puts on guys, uh, but he got hurtled a couple times. Kyle Fuller missed a couple tackles. He got hurtled a couple times. Uh, and part of it is because they're hitting these tight ends in the flat and the, the corners and safeties. I mean, it's hard for them to be able to stand up a guy who's bigger and not get, you know, looking like Chris Conti out there. So that's why they're going low, and that's why the tight ends are hurtling them, uh, because they're they're just trying to bring him down. And 
they recognize that, hey, I've got the advantage here regardless how we do this, whether it's they try and stand me up or I just hurdle a guy. Uh, so there needed, I was, I don't know, I guess that needed to be a linebacker thing. But Danny Trevathan, too, just keep going on the missed tackles thing. He was over-pursuing all day long. So uh, coming out of the bye week, I thought we'd see a little bit more fundamental tackling football in this one. Because uh, I, I, if they make one of those tackles, I mean, this is a different game. Yeah, for sure. I think Roquan Smith actually was one of the better tacklers, and he's been missing tackles earlier on this season. I think, honestly, the best play when you really think about this defense as a whole, and there weren't a lot of great plays, obviously Kyle Fuller's interceptions, but it had to be Akeem Hicks and the goal line stand where yeah. you forced the fumble on Kenyon Drake, at least giving the Bears a chance to go and, you know, kick Did you the hear, field. No. You hear what I told Will before that play? No, I didn't. I looked at him. I said, they've been running the ball awfully well without any mistakes. Something has to happen here. And then he fumbled it. So, And then so did. Too bad the the Bears couldn't capitalize it. And I think we're done with the defense. We, we've talked about them long yeah. enough. They This wasn't a game we were expecting from them. So let's go into the fourth quarter of our show. We'll do our quick hit on special teams. And it, it goes to that Cody Parkey field goal. What was it? I think it was 50 was it 50 yards exact? Oh, let's I see. Was pretty close. It was 53-yard field goal is no good. But you know what I think it's interesting to talk about here is on that play, or leading up to that, the Bears were, you know, driving, moving the ball, and looking like uh, an offense that wanted to do something. But the thing is, when it came to getting into overtime and playing, what Matt Nagy did was played a little conservative on that last play. On the, or the second down in overtime, and this is from Dan Weedier from the Chicago Tribune, he tweeted, second down in overtime, play right before Parkey's missed field goal. The Bears ran a play with none of the following players on the field. No Tariq Cohen, no Allen Robinson, no Taylor Gabriel, no Jordan Howard, no Anthony Miller. Who the hell is on offense? And I now he was on the field. <laughs> so on the field, instead it was three tight ends, Josh Bellamy, and Benny Cunningham. So that's how you know. And I remember telling you this, Brandon. The Bears just need to play it aggressive. Do not play for the field yep. goal. Play like you want to win this game for a touchdown. Because when you go conservative, that's exactly what happens. You're relying everything, relying the entire game on your field goal kicker. And I know he's been better. Cody Parkey has been better. And he, obviously he came from Miami Dolphins. But when you rely on your field goal kicker to win the game and you put in that personnel, we like, that's your I guess asking. he was asking for, yeah. You're asking for it. You need to be aggressive in that situation. If you're not gonna look, Trubisky was right before that. Obviously, he throws the touchdown pass to Anthony Miller. The offense was playing well. So you should have confidence in your quarterback to make a play or to at least do something, not have that personnel go out there. And what you're are you really expecting to get a first down with those guys? That's that's where I have problems with how they handled overtime because you're asking for it and Cody Parkey yes he should well he's familiar in that stadium he knows how to kick there he's made 50 yard field goals from there but pressure gets to people man I know he said I'm human but you're being paid what nine million dollars or whatever it is to make that for the Bears to win for you to just silence your 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 former team and leave Miami with a victory but that didn't happen I don't know that he's hit one from 50 yet this year. Not yeah, not with the Bears. He has not, but right. I know he's done it with the Miami Dolphins and right. the pressure got to him. The pressure got to him. So that's really unfortunate. And I think just moving forward, 
uh, we've seen Nagy take his foot off uh, the gas pedal there. He needs to keep it on there. He really does. And I think the Bears will not be in these situations moving forward. Um, yeah. So I hit the only highlight. Yeah, I hit the only highlight on special teams. So now, is this where we kind of wrap it up here, Brandon? Is with our I is this, it? I think this is where we wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap it up. The two minute warning here. Yeah. What is your two minute warning? Obviously, the Bears are three and two. They're still first in the NFC North, and I I believe the Packers are losing right now. If, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if someone can maybe update me in the chat. I know C.J. Beathard is going off, former Iowa Hawkeyes quarterback, current uh, quarterback for the 49ers. I don't know if they're still winning, but it'd be nice to see. But the Bears are still in first. They're three and two, and now they have the New England Patriots coming to town. What What is your two-minute warning for the rest of the season looking like, Brandon? Uh, I wish we could talk a little bit more about the positives in this one, but I mean, since we're just kind of late on how we typically do, it's kind of a, a different type of post game show. You're just kind of hitting on the highlights, um, but there's still a lot of good things to take away from this game. Uh, seen a lot of good downfield passes. We've seen the offense be able to go from on or from off to on just with the halftime. So the adjustments there uh, that were made, uh, but regardless, still get still comes down to coaching a little bit here. Uh, Nagy's still still a rookie coach, so we're going to get some of these growing pains like we've seen with the personnel that you wouldn't expect to be out there in overtime on that second down that Nick mentioned earlier. So we're gonna we're gonna continue to see some of that stuff, unfortunately. Um, but regardless, he's going to learn from it. He's going to grow from it. He's a very good self evaluator. Uh, we've seen that with the halftime adjustments uh, in this game. Defense was I don't know, just really disappointing. The open field tackling that has to change. That absolutely has to change going forward. Or that they're not going to be the defense that they once were, uh, and the run defense for uh, for this defense as well. I mean, they lost the point of attack there on the defensive line uh, because Kenyon Drake and Frank Gord seemed like eight nine yards on every carry. And for the number one rush defense, that's definitely not what I was expecting. So that has to change. Uh, just as far as how they go at it, I guess. I mean, it could have definitely been the heat. It could have been a whole up, bunch of different elements that we're not aware about. But that was just. One thing for the whole game that really took me by surprise was how well they were able to run the ball on this defense. And that's something they're going to have to continue to emphasize. So that's something that I think they're going to shut down real quick. I don't think they allowed New England to get, you know, the rushing yards that Frank Gore got, especially at home uh, next week. So we're still in a really good spot. Uh, I didn't really feel like I was losing confidence in this team. I mean, they were only down seven to nothing in the first half, put up those three scores right away. I said, yep, we're in this, uh, you know, wipe our hands of it. This game's done. And they just kind of folded. Uh, whether it be the heat and uh, not being able to to play in it or whatever, uh, their duration uh, for the game. I can't think of the word that I want to use for that right now. It's not duration, but uh, regardless, I mean, they there's still a lot of positives to take away from this. I'm not hanging my hat on this one. because like I told the guys on the bus on the back from, way back from the airport today. So, you know, there's loss to the Dolphins in 85 and 06. So don't, uh, don't think we're off schedule yet. So, just uh, want to throw that one out. There's still a lot of positives to take away from this one. We're not we're not in the hole by any means on this one here, sitting at three and two. So we're still in a good spot. Still in a good spot is, I think, a good way to put it. And look, the Bears have lost two games by a total of four points. Four yeah. points. So it's not like the Bears are getting blown out. And when I really look at this, I think it was just an anomaly of how this defense actually played. I don't think we see this performance ever again. I think this is their one gimme. This is their one, okay, you can mess up this bad because I just have no way of seeing it, seeing this defense play as bad as they did the missed tackles, the, the, the effort, sometimes the, the heat getting to them, all these factors that contribute into, you know, the Dolphins scoring 31 points. 
I don't think that happens, honestly. It was just, you know, one of those games where everything went right for the Dolphins. Remember that tip pass? Like, that's how you know the day is going right for the Dolphins yep. and the defense wasn't going to be able to stop them. And offensively, you have to be happy with how Mitch Trubisky is playing. I know there's a lot of doubters, what, maybe three weeks ago before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, calling him a bust, but he's put together now two great games. I'm going to say great because I really thought he played really well in this one uh, and also obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So be happy about that. He's getting better. He's making the right choices. He's going to have some hiccups. He's a second-year quarterback in a new system with a new head coach. It's going to happen. But the offense is starting to get better. They just need to be able to put a full game together. That's what it is. And defensively, like I said, I don't think that happens again. So the Bears do have a very tough task, though. Tom Brady is ageless. He's a guy that is any opportunity that he can take to you know, capitalize on mistakes, he's going to make them. And that Patriots team is rolling right now after beating the Chiefs. I think it was 43-40, to 40, a high-scoring affair. And I know Matt Nagy is going to look at that film because a lot of the things that the, the Chiefs do, the Bears will try to utilize and put points up against this Patriots defense that I think has allowed 40 straight points to the Chiefs for three straight consecutive times now. So I think Matt Nagy is going to really look in that film and try to find a way to stop Tom Brady. But I think the Bears can rebound. I think it's going to be a close one next week, but we'll definitely break that down uh, later on in the week. And before we actually head out, make sure to send in your questions for the audio mailbag. We didn't get a chance to do that last week. It was a, you know, a little strange, but you could do that by calling 872-240-4007. And that's 872-240-4007. Leave a voicemail. I know a lot of Bears fans have a lot of questions. Uh, just what is, how is this team doing? Where are they heading? What's it going to be? the outcome talk of about it. Yeah, exactly. So we want to talk about it. please, Leave us in, uh, a voicemail there, but we'll be back soon. We're going to break down another uh, Meet the Opponents podcast soon. We don't have the date yet, but we'll definitely do that. And I'll obviously preview this matchup coming up against the Patriots at Soldier Field. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.